Hey there, this is Arthur Ettinger. Welcome to another edition of Close to the Vest. I am really honored to have the dynamo, Adrian Miller, on today. Adrian, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fantastic. There's so much to talk about. And, you know, there is, you know, talking about divorce and the workplace and relationships and the podcast focuses a lot on, on that. And there are, you know, it is just a reality that there is a transition. Divorce is a transition. And for many people, divorce is a transition as it relates to, to working. Okay. And Adrian Miller to me is the queen of networking. I don't know how you do it, you know, and uh, I'm with a, a woman who to me, I inspires me and I'm in awe of, and I, what you do, you know, you're like the ever ready bunny. Um, and I just think you have so much to add for somebody out there who is, whether they like it or not, um, they need to get back in. They need to roll up their sleeves, figure out divorce is actually a good thing. And I need to reinvent myself. And who better to talk about that than Adrian Miller? Um, I know, Adrian, you have a consulting business. You are a marketing and sales consultant. Um, you know, Adrian Miller sales training. Um, and you also run a, a huge networking group, which is how I came to know you. So if you can just take us back and kind of explain your background and how you got to where you are today. Okay. I'm going to give you for sure the Cliff's Notes version of that, or you'll this podcast will be going on and on, and your editor will have a, a very serious job and where they can cut me. Um, my... My company, my sales consulting and training company came about because I gave birth to my first son and then two years and a couple of months later, my second son, without um, thinking that having two very small children and a job that required massive amounts of hours and travel um, and living with my husband, who um, was traveling to Southeast Asia about 60% of the time, that actually was not a tenable situation. It really wasn't. And um, it seemed like I, everybody was uh, having a better time juggling all this than I was. And so I started my business. I gave my company six months notice. And um, I called them on a landline. Anybody out there is old enough to remember a landline. You actually went to a phone booth and you put your mouth next to this piece of plastic that other people's mouths were probably like leaning on. And in this day and age of COVID, that thought is totally grotesque. Gross. Even without COVID, that's just so disgusting. But you did that. And I went to the phone booth and I um, I called my office and said, I can't do this. I'm a, I just have to I have to back off for a little bit. I didn't know that my little bit was going to be as many years as it is. I actually thought I was taking a little break for a year and then I was going to go back because when your kid's a year old, they're a grown up. They don't need your home anymore. Right. Uh, that's actually what I thought. So that was the start. Um, 
I do know a lot of people who have gone through a divorce situation and have found themselves in a variety of circumstances. One, they never worked before. They did not work. Excuse me. They didn't work out of the house. I don't mean to be applying. Yeah, uh, yeah. They didn't work out of the house before. Or, or, they had, or they had worked, but it had been so long since they've been out of the house. Right. It, it, they worked once and that was 15 years ago. Or they um, they did some work, um, but it wasn't at the financial remuneration level they were going to need. It was going to have to change up. The financial package was going to have to change up. Um, or their job, career, if you will, was not work going to be able to work with a uh, um a single parent household because they too perhaps were or are traveling all over the place again COVID, eventually you'll will travel again and people who travel for work some of them are still doing it right now even with covid restrictions now that you know domestic travel you can go pretty much anywhere um or their hours, their hours at work, and, and it doesn't even matter if it's sitting at a, you know, in your home office on Zoom. But their hours were just not going to work anymore. So they have to reinvent themselves and come up with a different framework for their um, professional life. Networking helps. Sure. Um, it it expands um, your horizon. It helps you make new contacts and connections that have contacts and connections and it goes forward uh six degrees of separation and beyond and um eventually you can hopefully land in the place you want to land with probably a little bit of stress and agita along the way sure so talk can you talk to me uh, uh and help the audience understand what you do with your sales training uh, platform. Okay. So how I started, I wasn't a sales trainer. When I started my business, I was good in sales. I was excellent in sales. I had gotten, I was in advertising. I had gotten promoted very quickly. I was just good at sales. It was just like an instinctive thing. I didn't study sales. That wasn't my degree in college or anything like that. I was good at sales. So when I was sitting there thinking, whoops, I got to start my own business. I may as well do something that I'm really good at. And I, and I really like, because it's, it, you can work harder when you are doing something you really like. It, it, it's where you can, you know, it, it, it's passion. It feeds, it feeds your, your, your wallet, your, your heart and your soul. So um, I decided I could be a sales trainer because I was really good at sales. And my first two clients, I recommend this for everybody, was I, I, I just sat down and called everyone I knew. I mean, everyone I knew. And my first two clients were huge companies huge global companies and and that's and that's how I got started making money it was, it was amazing it was like hi hey and they were personal friends I said you know what's going on I need you to hire me for something <laughs> and they said what do you mean I said you just have to hire me for something and um and and it should be with sales and sales training somebody <laughs> anyone and they kind of brought me in and i'm being very facetious sure. because um 
you can probably manipulate smaller companies and you can very big companies, but I put together some programs and, and started, you know, I jumped into the pool and when you jump into a pool, you have to swim or you drown. And I, and I swam and pedaled my little feet as fast as I could and it worked. So my programs now are, it's been a very long time. So they're focused on people who are, going to have to sell it's the first time they've done it in a long time or ever and i work with them individually or i work in companies and i train a sales team a sales force or i work with the owner um on sales strategy and how you're going to grow your business anyway kinds of issues um but it's um, it's a good skill to have. It's a great skill to have because we sell all the time in our personal life. For instance, Arthur, um, you and I are going out. Sorry, Christina. You and I are going out, and I really, when we're allowed to travel, I really want to go to name any city in the world. Venice. I know and you, you know Venice. That's right. I really want to go back to Venice. And you don't really want to go to Venice. You think it smells. You think it's underwater. You've been there before. It's enough already. You have another place. But I really want to go to Venice. And I'm going to deploy all of my sales skills to get you to freaking want to go to Venice. I am going to sell you on the benefits. I'm going to do all the things I might do with a client or a prospective client. I may get the job or I may win you over or not, but uh, it's sales. Kids are the best salesperson. Right. Uh, every time your son asks you something and you say no and he asks you again and you say no and he asks you again and again and again until finally you run from the room screaming and probably say yes or come very close to it. Um, he, was, um, he was showing persistence and tenacity. He wasn't nagging. He was showing persistence and tenacity. And that's what we need to do also. So when we spoke the other day and we were talking about things to, you know, things to talk about here, and you said something was really resonated. And you're like, if you want to do something, you just do it. And that's kind of your mantra on how you live your life. You roll up your sleeves. You don't complain. You just fucking do it. And I can't tell you how many times I have a client and listen, justifiably so they're in a bad place, you know, inertia sets in, they don't want to, you know, they're, they end up being their own worst enemy because they're, you know, just in that rut. And it resonated so much because if only they just, whether it's, you know, jumping on an, a, a treadmill or picking up the phone and, you know, making that phone call, like you said, um, hire me, um, call a friend, uh, sit down and pick up a fucking pen and write a resume, you know, draft a resume. Um, talk to me about like how you deal with your challenges. We all have them. Uh, and because, you know, uh, I, I get an email from you nearly every single day. There's a zoom five times a day. How do you, you know, like we're dealing with COVID we're dealing with, you know, pile on, you know, somebody going through a relationship issue. How do you plow through, you know, those challenges uh, aside from, you know, the, the cocktails. 
Right, right. And I don't start, the, I don't, don't give the impression that I'm starting that at, uh, you know, seven in the morning and it makes it all better. No, I, I really am a just do it person. I've been a just do it person be, probably before Nike uh, had that tagline. Mm-hmm. I inherited the just do it um, personality from my mom, who was a um, widowed um single mom at 38, not left with very much money at all, because I think my father never thought he was going to certainly die at 42, and um, probably was a very bad planner. And um, uh, my mom was, you know, oh, my God, so I'm just going to have to do it. So she, um, she increased her, uh, she was working, but she got a better job. Okay. Because she needed more money and she juggled all the stuff that you have to juggle the home, the house, the, 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 the knowing where I am work, etc., and just did it and really didn't complain and didn't, um, uh, fall apart for, for people. I think there's a couple of things. One, I think an accountability partner, it's kind of a bullshit f- I don't mean it's a bullshit phrase because I know now there are people sitting there who are accountability partners, Mm -hmm. cranky that I said that. But accountability partner can be a friend who really puts you to task. It could be someone you pay for that. Because sometimes you have to pay to hear to hear or get tough love. But it's someone who keeps you on point. If you're not the person who can do it themselves, if you your own inertia comes in. So when you say to yourself, I'm going to get on the treadmill every day, I'm going to go and jog, I'm going to write the resume, I'm going to uh, change my will, whatever you've got to do, and you don't drive yourself very hard personally to do it, then get someone to help you do it. It's okay to do that. In fact, I encourage people all the time to do that in business, in sales. Um, You can call them anything you want from friend to coach to accountability partner to taskmaster. And there's even software, accountability software that's fantastic that will kind of push you along the way. I think everybody deserves time for inertia and to and to moan and whine and fetch and and be horrible to be with. But then that behavior becomes self-destructive in personal life or professional life. And you have to fucking sit up and go, okay, I've, I've, I've had my whining. I've had my, uh, I felt sorry for myself, deservedly so in many cases, but now it's not doing me any benefit to keep doing this. Yeah. I have to, I have to move forward. I really have to move forward. And it holds true, certainly with divorce. It holds true when you lose a job. It holds true when you have your own company and COVID beats you up so bad. And you just, you know, where where am I going to get the money? And I, I didn't get enough PPP. And eventually you have to come up with some solution. Sure. Yeah. So I know. You've been happily married for uh, many years and you have beautiful children and you have a granddaughter. Um, I would love for you to speak to uh, 
to how you make it all work, how you balance your work life um, and keep it all in check. And also, you know, at the same time, you're there for your network every single day. Um, but you're also there from your family. And I think it's very, it's remarkable and commendable. Um, how do you do that? Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Um, again, I'm, I am high energy. I really, really am high energy. And, um, but not, not, um, I, I'm not on the lunatic fringe. I mean, I am high energy. I'm a real productive person. I don't waste time complaining. I just, do it. Um, it's never been work-life balance because there's going to be a day where there really is no balance. And then you beat yourself up about that. It's work-life integration. It's always been work-life integration for me. There was never a time when I thought that I wasn't going to be a great wife, mother, now grandmother, friend. There was never a time I thought I wasn't going to travel extensively and go to the theater and go to the gym and still be able to do my work. I was going to have to figure out because every single one of those things was super important to me. And um, my days are packed, but I'm not I'm not going to sleep at two in the morning and getting up at five. And that's what everyone says to me. Oh, you must never sleep. Actually, that's not true at all. I, I feel like I sleep fine. Um, I just think I, I have it very compartmentalized. That's the other thing. When I'm done with that, it, I, it's like I close the door and then I focus on the other stuff. Um, the Adrian's Network community is really important to me. I think everyone in the group, I think about them as my client. I mean, I have sales, consulting, and training clients and writing clients, I would never think of not um, delivering on a um, on, on budget and on deadline for something with them. I would never think of like forgetting to do something. I'd never put them on the side. They're my clients. I think the same way about Adrian's network. My family, I told you this story, I think, and it's still a great story. And I a story about your son in the back seat. Yes. I was going to ask you to tell that. So I'm glad that you were going there. I, I, because I, I think of it all the time when I'm, you know, when I'm questioning parts of my life. So the story is I'm driving my kids who, by the way, that just added uh, confusion. My kids play travel triple a hockey. So if anyone who knows hockey, that is like a cult. That's a 30 hour a week commitment. You don't, you don't, you don't get out of that lightly. So early to rise, rise, late at night, four days a week and all weekend, four nights a week, two separate teams, four hours. And I don't even know how I did it. But anyway, we were driving past my friend's house who was a, uh, did not work out of the household and my kid in the back seat little kid i think he was like six then said what does um susie's mom do and i i did my best very best oh she takes care of susie and she takes care of the house and you know she's and i gave all the involved with school and i i did my my non-working parent thing and he he looked at me like i was nuts and he said no 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 Mom, you do that. I mean, what is she, what's her work? What does she do when she's not, you know, what's, what does she do out of the house? And I, and it was like such a eureka moment 
You know, I think our kids, they learn by our attitude, how we approach things. They mimic us and mirror us. You got a fetchy kid, you got to look in the mirror and say, Oi, is they, are they hearing that from me? Right. Um, they mimic us. They, they mirror us. They are watching us so intently, every single thing we do and say that it was really was that eureka moment. And, and I am so glad I was the role model. My boys are the most fabulous of husbands in my my opinion and my observation. And any time they do something that I may feel is a little off, offline, a little creepy in terms of how they're handling things, if it's, I'll, I'll let it sit. But if it's, I feel really strongly about it, I'm going to say something. I think that's great. And I, listen, yeah. you know, for the, for the people listening, and hearing that story, it's not, there's no knock on somebody who is working inside the home. Nope. It's, the point is for a lot of people who are thinking, oh, there's no way, I'm so overwhelmed, I can't manage this, to do both, you can't. And you just have to approach it with a different mindset. And, you know, hats off to you, Adrian, for able to, you know, to figure it out. You've obviously really... Uh, figured it out uh, with all of your success. Um, what, you know, what takeaways can you give to somebody out there, you know, that, you know, uh, or, or do's and don'ts for that person who's about to, you know, embark on it and may think that it, this is impossible. I'm not going to be able to do this. Yeah. I think one of the things I was thinking about today, actually, because I was I was on um, LinkedIn and I'm uh, scrolling down. It has, you know, the most read articles and stuff like that. And, and there's always one like this, the six morning habits of the most productive people. Okay. Now, granted, I, I mean, I'll, I'll look at them, but I really believe you have to do things the way they work for you. Okay. So you have, and you have to own it. So if in fact, when you get up in the morning, you don't want to tackle the most difficult thing of the day, you'd rather wait until you have two cups of coffee and you feel like you got a little success going for you. So at 10 o'clock is when you open the hardest email you're ever going to have to write or ponder a spreadsheet that you have no idea what it's saying or whatever that task might be then do it your way and don't feel that just because Elon Musk mm. does everything best at five in the morning. And don't keep looking at these folks who have mega billions of dollars and thousands of people working for them. All those things that we do as regular people, let's just get real. They don't do it. I don't care if Angelina Jolie has six or seven kids. I'm sorry. Her her handling seven kids is not the same as any one of us handling two because she's Angelina Jolie. <laughs> I'm sorry. She doesn't have to think about that. She's not scrambling because, oh, my God, my nanny got sick and can't come in. and I have a big presentation to do today. She sure. never said those words in her life. She's never had to pick up her car at the repair place before it closes at six. 
Never. Problems are all relative. That's right. That's right. That's right. And I'm not saying she is. She's got whole other things. I don't mean to pick on her. She's got whole other things going on. But I think we have to we have to keep our own lives in the sight lines and figure out what works for our personal style or our support group. Some people have all these layers of support. Other people don't. So make whatever you have to have work work for you within the construct of your life that's how you have to do it otherwise you're going to be trying to be somebody else you're trying to live someone else's life you have to be authentic for yourself otherwise it just doesn't work and it gets very very complicated i think that's it's really great advice so i'd love to talk uh just a little bit about you know covid you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about that. And, um, and, and more importantly, COVID as it relates to, you know, Adrian's network, AZNet, you know, there are a lot of networking groups out there that have literally, you know, hit a brick wall as a result of COVID. And I think AZNet, you know, quite the opposite. And, you know, whenever I jump on, there's 50 people on a call. <laughs> uh, I, it's my belief that it's a, it's your pos- positivity and energy. Um, what do you think that is what's bringing everybody back on a daily uh, on a daily basis to AZNet? So I think, well, there's a couple of things. First, when Adrian's Network started, we actually, oh, and it went all the way through. It started only virtually. And um, and then it, um, it added in the in-person meetings. Um, and, and we always, but we always kept virtual too, okay? So it wasn't such a big pivot to um, go all virtual. Two, I thought that when COVID hit and we all had an incredible um, shock to our system, our, our lives were changed in ways that we could not fathom, um, that we needed to be um, more of a support for each other than even before, okay? When we were all, you know, flying high and happy and visiting this and going here and all the rest of that stuff. So we needed to be more of a support than ever before. And we have such a strong community with so many um, talented people we needed them to have a platform to present themselves, to talk, and to be visible. So just like everybody else, I found myself sitting in uh, what I euphemistically call global headquarters, which in fact was my younger son's bedroom right. when he lived here. Um and it was a very, it was a warm, positive feeling for me too to see everybody showing up because they wanted to feel that sense of community. Where I think we differ, there are so much, um, there is so much networking going on now, but a lot of it is these things that people jump into once in a while, and I'm here and I'm there, and I feel like we we're really different. We are a community. We're there for each other. Um, our holiday party was really wonderful. It was very, very sweet. It was, you know, people, people wrote me such heartfelt notes. I'm sorry. I missed it. Um, we could, well, it was so good. I'm going to do one a quarter. 
I don't, I am a big celebrator. I don't think you only should have a holiday party once a year. After what we've been through, we should have it quarterly. Amen. We should have an event quarter. Seriously. I mean, really? Why once a year? This last year was, was, was so problematic on so many levels that, um, I'm really glad. I'm really glad I had Adrian's network for myself to fall back on. Um, for a lot of our members, they are so their business took a hit. They live alone. A lot of our folks live in apartments in Manhattan and in Brooklyn. There, so it's a very lonely time, I think, for a lot of people. And we offered a place where they felt close to the people there. I know there's a ton of stuff going on online, but in some cases, it's not a place where you feel really comfortable. And there's more of a vulnerability to revealing that business sucks. Sure. Personal life is in the toilet. You know, it's like, all right, we, we, we feel that there's safety. It's a safe place. So um, I'm glad we were there. I'm hoping um, we're going to be revisiting getting outside of our home offices and we're going to feel comfortable and safe to be gathering in a conference room Sure. and not um, seeing, uh, you know, like uh, danger signs all over. I think that'll happen at some point fairly soon. We got a vaccine going on and. I think it's great. And I think what you provide is really, uh, really invaluable. So I thank you for doing that. I, I thank you for coming. You know, I know so many people uh, look to you and re- rely on you and what you have provided, not only from the perspective of, you know, uh, a potential lead for an individual or, and when I say individual, uh, a group of, you know, hundred plus individuals coming on on a daily or weekly basis. You've provided at a time when people, as you say, need it most, something to look forward to, wake up. And if it's not put on their pants because they're wearing sweatpants, uh, you know, uh, waist down, at least put on a nice blazer and uh, come see their, you know, familiar faces. So for that, I really, I thank you for being the rock uh, of AceNet. Well, thank you. It's, it is, um, I must admit, when I started it, started Adrian's Network, um, I had not um, that clear a vision of where it would conti- grow. And it, it really is, I think I set a pretty high goal for this year for growth because I, I think our time has kind of come with that. Um, I didn't know it was going to be as effective as it is. I was the president of two groups. I was in tons of groups. There were so many different parts of the groups I was in, though, that I wanted to change. And when you're in a group, even when you're the president of the group, even when you're on the board of a group, there's only so many things you can do without getting some consensus. And um, I just said, you know what, I'm going to start my own. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, I I like to try things. I I'm a just do it, and you know, it's it was not it's not an irrevocable thing. Obviously, if you're doing something that could be have the downside is really down. If it didn't work, so I just pull the plug, and that's that. But it worked, and um, so now I really would like to keep it. Um, I never, that wasn't like keep it going, but I'd like to see it grow to another level because I think we can. 
because I, I see it in a very, very um, doing very positive things and in a positive light. And it's just, you know, it is, it's the least of it, honestly. Um, you don't go to a networking meeting or sit in a networking zoom call with the expectation when you hang up, you're going to get a lead. Right. Because if you are, you're going to mm, doing that. You're going to probably be disappointed, but you're going to make contacts connections that will then grow into relationships. That's, right. and that's where business happens. Sure. It does not happen without a relationship. So I'm glad I'm, providing the platform for people to develop relationships and really substantial relationships. There are many of the people in the group who I've become personal friends with, you know, hanging out with pre COVID in my house and going to dinner and going to the theater and stuff like that. And that's very special. That's yeah, very, yeah, special. very special. Very, very special. Hey there. Sorry for the interruption. Uh, we were having some technical issues when I asked Adrian, as I ask all my guests, what is Adrian's favorite sneaker? Here's her answer, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. Take care. My favorite pair of sneakers. Yeah. Oh, okay. So my favorite sneakers right now are Allbirds. Ah. I really love all birds and um, they're comfortable and I like the way they look and, and they're, they're just, I think they're cool. And I, I think they're cool. And, and like I went to a last year, I was wearing them and I went to an event where we were in person and my um, younger nieces and nephews looked at my feet and went, Oh, those are great. So I said, Oh, man, I scored points with my uh, millennial uh, relatives here. I'll tell you about Air Jordans. My favorite show that I've watched on Netflix or one of my favorites during this time where I've watched more Netflix and Amazon Prime than ever before in my life was I was really not home at night a lot. I was theater and dinner and meeting people in the city and doing all that fun stuff. Now I watch TV. Um, was The Last Dance with Michael Jordan. I thought that was... Did you watch it? Not only have I watched it, but my older son has watched it 17 times. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to watch that again. I thought it was, first of all, I mean, I, lo I do love basketball, but the, what I, my takeaways, my takeaways for that were all about, um, were all about commitment and hard work and passion and drive. I, when that show was over, I used to go to my computer and work really hard and doing stuff because I would have in the back of my head, like slacker, yeah. <laughs> you know, would not accept failure. I loved when they lost. He was in, he was on the court later on that evening playing and, you know, like yep. huge takeaway. Okay. Yep. Your marriage fails. You know what? It's just, it, it's just the beginning of the next phase of your life, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's not necessarily a failure, but you to reinvent yourself. And yeah, join AsNet. Yeah, I don't think failures. Are, failure is one of those words, and I haven't looked up the definition. It's 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 um, it's endowed with negativity. That just that word failure. My business failed. My marriage failed. My diet failed. Don't you feel like crappy just hearing that sentence? And I we've all. 
Yeah. My little guy says, daddy, mistakes are good because if you don't make mistakes, you're not going to learn. And it's like so profound, you know? Yeah, really. You have to have your little guy on the show. <laughs> That's a topic for another conversation and another podcast. I would love to do that. But uh, Adrian, thank you so much. I know you have to run. I would love to thank have you, you on another time. Thank um, you. Really been great. And uh, I look forward to seeing you uh on a call or wherever we are, our paths cross on uh, the internet. Thank God for it, really. If this had been going on pre-Zoom and pre-all the technology we have to keep us together, a whole different scenario would be evolving. So well, thank you for you and your positivity. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Be well.